What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. It's your host here, Monster DeFace, bringing you guys another weekly installment of your favorite Fortnite news. As you can see from today's title of this episode, there is a lot going on. Um, ESL somehow manages to ruin a full-on event. We're going to talk about it because this is like one of those super low-hanging rookie mistake moves. And uh, I find it to be funny as someone who just really works in the back end of production. Some of y'all might get a kick out of that. Uh, King makes his way to EU. Big, big headline there for a pro player switch up. It's been a while since we had something like that. And then, of course, the announcement of the FNCS. We already kind of talked about the fact that we're going to have four years of competitive, air quotes. This is uh, the rumor out there. But now that we see FNCS coming back around, it feels good. So we are back with another episode today. Talk about all things competitive and Fortnite. And we also want to thank you guys for, of course, supporting these videos, downloading these podcasts, all that good stuff. The boys here have been thinking about throwing these in video form online. Let us know what you think about that, if that's something that you'd enjoy, because we have a number of guests that we want to plan and, and talk to throughout the year. But also, we just think it's about time. Maybe we bring you guys a nice little video form to sit back, see our dumb faces while we talk about <laughs> Fortnite. Uh, but I got the fellows in here today. Uh, of course, Panda SBG joining us as usual. Panda, what's up, bro? Hey, man. Good to be back. Week two of the new year of, these, of this podcast. Obviously not the second week of January, but uh, it's good. It, it's good. It's a good time to be alive, man. But, dude, have I just been crazy busy? Honestly, uh, I know SBG's feeling the same. How you feeling, man? I'm good, dude. Just like you, you know, we're working on stuff, trying to get ready. And then as we are kind of doing all our own things, Fortnite's like, all right, we'll finally release all the FNCS info for the year that people have been waiting on for like weeks now. So there's a lot to talk about today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, Fortnite moves on Fortnite time, man. You know, <laughs> with like, I feel like they gave us a week of like a roadmap here. But it's it's live. It's happening. Everyone was speculating, dude, when are they going to drop the timeline? Because January 1st, the new year came around and FN Competitive was already tweeting. They were kind of dropping the hints. Hey, you ready for FNCS? You ready to, you know, grab your duo, etc. But now we actually know it's going to be another full year of duo. So I'm looking forward to the year, man. I think it's going to be pretty sick. Um, for those of y'all that uh, are listening in for the first time and you hear a little heaviness in my voice i don't normally sound this manliness i'm just a little sick uh <laughs> i'm coming over uh, a bit of a cold this week for those of y'all that are dads you know that uh your little uh germ bugs children uh, are are just contagious okay they they, they spread everything around the house <laughs> i picked it up uh my my baby is turning one in dude three weeks guys crazy uh and then sbg how, how old is your daughter now uh she's three months old oh so. my gosh yeah we're a few months behind you dude you're like a quarter there can you believe it <laughs> <laughs> yeah quarter to the rest of my life right right well uh time time moves pretty quickly fellas but all right we want to jump into a couple of things here we're going to start things out uh with that first topic we talked about esl for those of you guys that don't know esl is a broadcast company they produce shows in fact they own all of the DreamHack track, and they work in partnership with a lot of big entities to put on events across multiple titles throughout the year. You guys have seen what they've done in partnerships with um, big, big companies like Gamers8 and the whole Saudi team and, and putting on what they call the Esports World Cup. 
Well, you would think a team um, as experienced as them, as big as them, with all the resources that they have, they would not make the mistake of ruining, I would assume, a client's uh, event. And we're talking about the PlayStation Cup. Um, SBG, take me through a little bit of what all unfolded here at the PlayStation Cup, because this was one that all of the big streamers picked up. All the viewing party guys were like dropping question marks, tweeting about it. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah, so unfortunately, game number one of the PlayStation Zero Build Cup in EU, um, instead of queuing in as a spectator or observer, as I'm sure you guys have been able to watch, you know, people that are spectating, have to actually queue into the game. I don't know that everyone knows that. Some people may think, you know, you just get to see. No, as the queues come through, you have to queue in as well, but you have to make sure you're in spectator, not queuing into the game itself. Well, unfortunately, a few ESL AM 1, 2, 3, and 4 queued into game number one of the PlayStation Cup. Not only that, but they did not finish in last in the game. I'm looking at it. And, oh, actually, no, there's five and six as well. So six observers queued into the game and took placement away from some players because at least one of them finished. Like, in 91st, <laughs> someone was not the ESL observer. So it's like, dude, oh come gosh. on. I'm, I'm um, just sitting here with a massive grin on my face because just when I thought it wasn't going to get worse, SBG shares that fun little detail. Not only did the observers queue in as players, uh, you know, technically effectively denying spots to players potentially, but more importantly, did not just eliminate themselves right away. Uh, uh, clearly, someone decided to go run around and figure out, now how do I get taken out the game? Um, hilarious stuff. Terrible turn of events. If you're PlayStation, uh, you know, the the client, the company that probably put the money up to have, you know, a team like ESL come in, administrate, or just produce the event on behalf of, you know, your company. This is uh, this is about as bad as it gets. This is like truly rookie move right here because it wasn't wasn't just one observer. There were like six observers. Like all of the accounts were not prepared correctly to enter into the game to actually watch the game and create a product. I couldn't imagine if, if, if PlayStation actually have, uh, you know, in that position, decided to take ramification against ESL because there are probably a number of different uh, boundaries that were crossed just from, from a uh, did you produce a quality product, you know, like kind of perspective. But I'm assuming, you know, mistakes happen. They probably got away with it if uh, if PlayStation wasn't paying too much attention. It's it's hard to tell, you know. Sometimes your big, big wig company doesn't even know what's going on. They're just like, oh, yeah, this is great. You got the Fortnite games, right? So um, we'll see what happens. SVG, what are you sharing right now in the chat? One of them got an Elim. Oh, my gosh. One um, of the observers picked up an elimination. All right, this, this has got to be a joke. So, like, it, historically, right, the console cups are kind of a joke as is, whether it be PlayStation, the console, Champions Cup, whatever it may be, right? And we could talk about the blatant cheating that happened as well. Uh, it was a little less blatant on NA, but, like, as someone that casted the event, and I'm probably shooting myself in the foot by talking about this because they hired me to do these things, but... You watch this. There was several times where Jacob and I are watching this. I'm like, they are 
not fighting each other. It was uh, Dorito and Yasir landing at the same location along with Poyo, and they would fight other players and then just like randomly back off of these fights. And you know those two play together. They would double team someone, both spray them, and then run away. And it's like, dude, come on. EU was worse, though. Like, EU was way worse, where it's like, these guys are literally shooting each other for Storm Surge, hitting a slurp truck together, shooting each other some more, and then getting slurp barrels together. So, like, that's not even pretending. You are literally running side-by-side side in a solo event with the duo that you play with, getting Storm Surge and slurp together, and then rotating in. Yeah. Uh, the cheating issue has gotten to a whole new level that I just don't understand. And well, actually, no, I do understand it, right? It was never this bad in these in these cups, right? And it's progressively getting worse because people aren't being actioned, right? And that's what it comes down to is that if there was a clear and concise action for the players that are participating in what is very clear and concise cheating, then we would see we wouldn't see it go rampant the way that it is. But unfortunately, that's just not the case. And and I don't know if it's a mix of like Epic's holiday and some other things going on, but it feels like a lot of stuff has fallen to the wayside as far as far as moderation goes in the game of Fortnite. We've seen the issue with the UEFN maps uh, coming out with blatantly racist maps and things like that. Fortunately, a lot of that stuff is starting to get taken taken down now, but it wasn't before it was becoming a viral thing on socials. Uh, but the same thing applies here. It's like these these clear actions are taking place it's as obvious as they come tweets are coming out about it you see those tweets going viral but are these players going to be actioned doesn't look like it as of now little side note my daughter uh, is 15 years old she plays a lot of creative with her friends in high school she was actually telling me about how they came across a gay box fight map it's, it's called gay box fights and when they went in I, I probably shouldn't be laughing about this but there was like power-ups on the map that was like uh you know scissors and and lesbian power like <laughs> dude crazy what? crazy stuff where it's like scissor with your teammate uh, yeah <laughs> wild stuff guys wild stuff rainbows everywhere i mean you can imagine how creative these guys got um but this was existing in the game and i laughed about it when she told me about it but i also told her yo that's not cool like don't go too crazy exploring into things like that right you never know what you're gonna get into um but she's old enough to understand that uh you know whatever there's there's bad stuff on the internet right you can't can't hide it from kids nowadays um yeah. with that being said though it should not exist in Fortnite, let alone exist no. long enough for it to be in a discovery portal where children mine included can access it because i have seen it firsthand and that was actually this week that aside though i do agree with you guys blatant cheating in Fortnite right now is is something that is a problem it's always been a problem whether it be cheating in the form of griefing teaming um exploiting we've had a number of different ways that players have abused either game mechanics or um game formats and systems never has been uh enough of an action public facing to make a change in the player um you know player player behavior if you will let alone third party tournaments it is time epic gives custom tools or third party organizers more control over the lobby to some degree like 
PlayStation is, it doesn't get bigger when it comes down to a gaming brand. Sony mm -hmm. and PlayStation just does not get bigger. Why is it that they have, you know, this partnership in place, this, the resources invested, whatever it may be, but you can't produce a, a better product in the sense that you can't even remove a player from the event, right? Like, uh, I think a lot of these low-hanging basics have to get implemented into the game. Um, and, and Epic has to start actioning people in third-party tournaments if there is sufficient proof. Um, anything that passes the licensing, you know, into a live event that has a substantial anything, prizing attached to it, ne they need to get action against. Well, I mean, I'm going to be honest, right? With the PlayStation Cups as both a show and a, a competitive event, it doesn't hit the mark that I feel it should hit as a PlayStation product, right? Um, when you look at like, like just cause we know shows, right? We could talk about broadcast stuff uh, all day, but the assets that they use for the show have been the same assets they've used for a year and a half now. And not only do they use these assets on Fortnite, but they use these assets for every other game title. So yes, it creates some uniformity in like the way that they host PlayStation cups, which could be what they're going for. But it's not it's not very becoming of what PlayStation is as brand, right? Because when PlayStation hosts on their channel the showcases, right? When they're showcasing new games and stuff, beautiful. It looks incredible. It has a high quality taste to it, and it's just what you expect, right? Well, well, let's but, be honest. This is ESL who they contracted. Look at the DreamHack product. DreamHack product is the same exact thing. It's almost as if you remove the word PlayStation from your sentence and replace it with mm -hmm. DreamHack. They had these same issues. It's the same production company. It's the same pitch. They clearly sold this idea to them and say, hey, look, this can work. We built this legacy of this thing and use the same graphics. And But the, the truth is, in this space, in esports, I, I I agree with you. I don't think I don't think that works. I mean, even Fortnite knows to some degree. Change the damn colors at least. Look at the logo. Add some <laughs> red on it, right? Like even even Epic does more than enough to change those graphics every season, enhance it, you know, bit by bit. Well, and to add to that though, DreamHack San Diego last year was a phenomenal show. You can't just group every DreamHack. Okay, fair enough. Uh, uh, event. You know what I mean? Like, so that DreamHack San Diego, I don't know what it was, but they definitely showed up for that one. Uh, I, th I definitely think that was one of their uh, prime and good shows. But you could just, you could just say, you know, I was involved in like helping. Some oh, of you. you were? I didn't yeah, know. You that. know, you could oh, just say it, bro. We built some new graphics. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but look, when it comes down to it, um, I'm always curious because I, so for those that don't know, I worked directly with PlayStation for a, uh, quite a bit of time last year going into, or the year before going into last year. Right. So I worked with them behind the scenes on some like short form contents and some long form content ideas. Uh, some of which got scrapped, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I was in communication with them constantly and they always brought up how much they looked forward to the evolution of the PlayStation Cups and how they were going to continue to broadcast them, how it was going to be like this cool piece. Um, so I can't imagine what is going through their head now when they if if because remember, they might not be seeing what we're seeing. Right. True. If they go to Twitter and they see a boop tweet talking about how these observers got into the game, because realistically, 
PlayStation as a whole, like, yes, while they probably understand gaming at a high level, they probably don't understand Fortnite uh, broadcasting at a high level. So unless you're, like, going through the leaderboard and seeing, like, ESL, whatever, Act got two eliminations or elimination, whatever it is, right, one elimination, you're not, like, you're not necessarily going to put two and two together. So for all we know, PlayStation could be looking at these shows and being like, these are amazing, keep going, and they just don't know what's happening. Well, they're probably just looking at the numbers that they're given, ESL sending them what they want to see, and I would imagine it looks pretty. Like, that's probably the the result of it. Um, one thing, like, the cheating on EU that I talked about was blatant, but also uh, Yasir won the PlayStation Cup in NA, and, like, if it was my choice, that would not be paid out. Like, he does not deserve that based on what I saw because it was more than once, right? You know, maybe one time you get in this weird fight and then you decide to get out, but multiple times they were fighting at their POI clearly in a call and then backing out afterwards. So I know this happens in a lot of different tournaments. That's some of the most blatant that I've seen it. And Jurito finished in fourth. But, like, to me, those two need to be actioned against and should not be paid that money. And I think that goes back to what Panda was saying. And just, I guess, in wrap up, like actions need to happen when these things happen. And it needs to be less than blatantly me tweeting out, I'm going to cheat with so-and-so and tweeting that out on Twitter. Like we need, we're five years into this esport or competitive game, whatever you want to call it. We need to be able to take action when people are cheating, when it's not blatantly obvious. And, and did any, like any of the big names like anyone who covers Fortnite content, I, I guess I should say, call them out on that. So I, I, you know, I didn't really watch the PlayStation Cup close enough to even know that something like that would have happened. But obviously, any talent who is paying attention and you know someone actually watching, you would have, you like you said, you could just tell, right, if someone's cheating yeah. well, um, or doing some funny remember, stuff, and then to go on and win the event, it's it is pretty insane. It's pretty ridiculous. Remember, this happened verbatim in EU last year, and Resub made a video or was making a video about how the guy won. And halfway through creating the video, realized he was cheating. <laughs> like, so, it, it, but Resub and Boop and a lot of these other guys that are more outspoken, they're on the EU side exclusively. So they're not going to look to NA and mm. bring that stuff to the forefront, right? So I, I didn't watch the PlayStation Cup, I'll be honest. I, I um, typically, or I haven't watched the last few, but... When I, I did see the tweets about the EU one, but I didn't see anything publicly about NA. Right. So until SVG said it here, it was nothing that I was aware of. I mean, I, I'm I'm about to go rack up a, a million views on TikTok right now. How Yasir, you know, stole the PlayStation Cup play. <laughs> Cheated his go. way to. How much prize was that involved, by the way? It was like 5K for first. Yeah, a little, little $5,000. Make it a minute or longer. Here, I can help you because in the fifth or sixth game, Polio, Yesir, and Dorito are all on Rift Island. One of them claims it. They fight one guy, and then all of them hang out on the island and then rotate out. That's like so, that is so one of the more obvious ones. But they also all land at the same location, and I don't think any of the six games they eliminated eliminated each other. I'm gonna tweet one of those. Uh... The, the clown, uh, Benny Hill, what, what's it called? Yeah. You know, the, the clown. <laughs> yeah, there you go. With them on the on lower of that one. Well, listen, guys, uh, ESL PlayStation Cup was just, it was, as you can hear, pretty shambles from production down to the player experience. Um, a lot going on there if you were affected.
uh, I guess we're sorry for you. Uh, nothing we can do. But uh, let's jump into some more uh, changes happening in the spec. Other, other folks being affected here. Reason being dropped from team focus, or we should say released. And Vico from Wave as well. Wave. No, Wave is a great esports team, but to see them let go of Vico, Vico was a promising, I'd say one of the most promising um, in the recent years, especially, um, yeah, he's been on a, on a hot track. Yeah, I'd say both of them are high value targets if you're trying to sign someone, because not only are they going to finish in like, I'd say guaranteed top 20 in EU this year, as long as they don't stop caring, but they're also both putting out a ton of content, and that's what teams care about now, yeah. so reason had the biggest blow up of them all and i'm i'm assuming for both of them they just became unaffordable or it became a point where the pay was not what there was an roi based on what they've seen over the past year or so hard, hard to say though for someone like reason we've seen explore the uh creative endeavors pop off on youtube through consistency um i agree with you i think if reason is not on a team at the moment it's probably because he decided to walk away and try to explore better options. He is a, in my opinion, like you mentioned, a, a rare commodity right now in the space. Someone who's who's actually actively grinding and has a player base behind him. Uh, speaking about that, we have King and Phaser moving to EU from Brazil. Obviously, this is uh, one of Brazilians' regions, you know, <laughs> most loved. Uh, the big King here stepping on over. They dropped a promotional video talking about it's time. You know, um, they felt uh, as as BR players, as Brazilian players, they've been slighted because everyone calls the region easier to uh, compete against, etc. But King has already proven that he could do this at the highest caliber. He continues to throughout the year. And now he's just like, hey, why not take a little bit of that EU top prize money in the process? Um, I want to I want to start this off by asking you guys a couple questions. What do you think about King and Phaser moving to EU one? But two, my most important one, do you think they're going to be good enough? to earn we've seen in eu in particular top 200 is nutty like mm -hmm. top 100 is just not enough for eu uh yeah look it is number one to your to answer your question yes this is the right move at the right time for them they they came off uh uh perform their performance at global and looking back like if if i were them i would be looking at either retirement or moving because there's no other options you can't just like keep showing up to Brazil and just dominating every single season because at that point you're just, I don't want to say you're wasting time, but you're not developing. Right. Uh, and I think going to EU, they, it will give them the time and, and, and ability to develop right now. Do I think they will perform with the big dogs? I do, but I don't think it'll happen in major one. I think it'll be a slow burn for the first few seasons, very similar to what we saw with Muzz. Well, question: Do we know that they're staying for more than just this season? It does. I oh, mean, that's that's a good point. It's a good question. It's, it seems like a little bit of a commitment. I I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them being there for quite some time. Um, they chose was it Germany? Um, yeah. If I had to guess, it's probably due to some kind of visa law about staying. Right when you're not from the country. Hopefully, Germany has some something in in the sense that it, folks can stay for an extended stay, or it's probably easier to do so. It's zero ping, and zero ping. There you go. That's what the, that's that was their focus when picking Germany. But I'm sure there's some other uh, obviously nuances to moving there as well. But uh, I definitely think it, 
I, I can't see in, in my head them making it a one-time trip. It's one thing if you're going from, from North Carolina to Texas, right, to compete. It's a whole other thing if you're going from Brazil to Europe, right? Well, we've seen, we've seen uh, Japanese players migrate into the EU region. We have seen mm -hmm. Middle Eastern players attempt it as well, um, most of which I can't recall right now at the top of the mind. So clearly it didn't work too hot <laughs> for them in the transition. Um, the only notable one, Muzz, right, coming on over mm -hmm. to NA. And he seems to love it here. He hasn't, he hasn't quite well, left just yet. Swizzy is a player that has gone from Asia, but he was, I believe, Russian. Um, mm. And he won FNCS with Putrick. Granted, they got disqualified, weren't able to actually win, but that is a solid performance. Going over to King and Phaser, I'm going to be a hater. This is going to be very clippable if someone wants to. They're oh, not man. going to do well. I don't see them getting uncontested. Europe doesn't respect the goats of their own region. They're not going to respect a Brazilian player, and they're going to get landed on by someone who thinks that they are not going to do well, and I don't think you could do well on Europe while being contested while not getting the respect. Well, so maybe maybe this will work well for Mr. Savage because Savage always has some hater landing on him. So maybe they have <laughs> some new big dog headliner to target this year. But I think it would be smart for them to play this FNCS and next FNCS in Europe, go home to Brazil for the third uh, major of the season, qualify to globals, and then you've gotten two seasons of practice. That makes you more competitive at globals than it would be playing in Brazil for the entire year. So there's you know a lot that goes into it, and I think overall it'll make them better players, but I don't see them at their current skill level being able to compete right away on the region given all of the like politics of drop spots and all that stuff that goes into it svg can you search up just really quickly king's most recent land event was that globals um just it was. just they came how, 64th I how did yeah i was gonna say i i i'm pretty sure they did not do too well like king did not do too well at the global championship but i, I would like to you know let's really ping into how you know how far did he make it what was his overall placement um because 43rd. because there you go that's that's about a sample size of what it's going to be like playing on eu like eu arguably houses some of the most dominant players just across a lobby in general and that's what you get at land you get the most dominant in one singular spot you're going to find that more often more regularly across uh european fncs brackets in general once you start reaching those final stages we have seen it time and time again where there were upsets um from some of the best not making it through including a queasy and vino at you know a given season or another so you know what what more needs to be said than that um i i am with spg a bit here i think they're gonna have a, a hard time on the first season at least adjusting um, you're not going to come across the same type of qualifier open stomp i think that you see maybe or what they're used to on brazil as far as racking up ridiculous back-to-back-to-back -back -back wins they or not they but king in particular has a track record of going for multiple wins across fncs there's only one other player who does that on eu or uh, a several select few um i'll throw malabuka in there and i'll throw the cuisine vino uh style player in there as well as teams that have you know notoriously gone on hot streaks winning streaks not many other players so i think i think king and phaser are going to have a hard time on eu undoubtedly and I'll say one more thing. Do I think it's the right move? Yes. I think yeah. they can make a ton of content about it. I think it will make them better Fortnite players overall. 
I just don't see them being able to perform well. And I hope I'm wrong because that's an awesome story. That's great for the game of Fortnite. That's great for Brazil Fortnite. But I can't see it happening unless magically they get a drop spot unconned. Yeah, and just a quick hit here. This uh, this moving of King and Phaser actually opened up Reno to kind of start this discussion around how he wished he had an esports organization for them to basically come home to um, out there when, when they're on their visits to EU. Uh, and, and I wish we had a little bit more story, but I think we're waiting for Reno one day to share what all kind of went sour with the Become Legends theme. We do know that there is some... Some politics up at the top is I do believe he had some investments. It wasn't just a fully bootstrap company. So, you know, ultimately, maybe he just lost uh, control of, of the vision or the direction of the company. You know, when he's ready to share, then uh, I think the world will know. But there's people behind the scenes that already know. Mm. Well, I'm, so, I'm not one of them. I would have hinted in one direction or another. I, I genuinely don't know. If you want to spill the tea, just a little I'm bit. I'm not. No, no, no. Oh. no that's not my place. It's not <laughs> okay. my place. But okay. I, I will say it, it is – I think Reno is a, an incredible person, and I think his heart has always been in the right place. That's right. that's the way I'll put it. Yeah, no, he, he seemed pretty uh, pretty moved when, when this announcement came out, and now we're seeing kind of the, um, the nostalgic tweets come out as he just – you know, sees an opportunity that's not being capitalized on just yet. Uh, it, does King and Phaser have org support? We'll find out. See what happens as they come on over to EU. And yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna be the story of FNCS undoubtedly. And as we kind of transition into FNCS, the announcement has been pushed. It is live. That is right. FNCS is here as usual. SBG will take us through a couple high level notes. What's changing? What's going on? Um, and how much more money FNCS is uh not giving to the professional players this year? Let's talk about it. So, two big things, right? That everyone kind of cues in on as far as the community prize pool dropped. We went from about ten million last year to now it's seven point six seven million. So about two and a half million dollars less than what we saw last year. Then the other big one, boom, 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 boom. there is no more siphon in FNCS. So that's essentially siphon is gone from the game of Fortnite besides creative maps. And that's a big one because FNCS was like the only thing hanging on to that. Um, as far as like the overall structure, then I'll throw it to you guys, react to whatever you want to. We have the same kind of overall format as last year, three majors into globals. They haven't announced where the globals is going to be yet this year though, the major three ends before the end of July. So they're all kind of crammed into the first half of the year, which is really interesting. And I wonder like how that's going to affect the second half of the year. Cause normally we get like August, September before FNCS ends. Um, then the structure for each major is two weeks of qualifiers. We have a, a bye week, which is interesting. This is the first time we're seeing like a week off for players. Um, I would have preferred that right before finals as someone that likes to prepare and watch instead of before semifinals. Then we have semifinals, which is now this weird combination of Good luck to whoever's on the broadcast trying to explain how the upper and lower bracket with multiple rounds of semifinals work. I could explain it. It's not worth it. Just 50 players move on from semifinals to finals. Let somebody else figure that out. Then we have 50 total qualifiers. It's about the same uh, as we saw from last year for total players, but it's only 50 total. So we're not getting more than one lobby qualifying to globals. And yeah, that's your recap.
Yeah, well, again, this is a big change, I think, like we said, especially as it leans towards uh, gearing up for globals. Um, you hit on it. We're just going to get globals. Like, that's it. You're, you make it the globals, you make it to globals, and then we're going to see um, how, how that's going to all dice out. I think that's going to be exciting. Um, although, uh, I'm, I, I liked how we... How, how it went last year. It was pretty fun watching a lot of players um, play for their chance and, and, they, and they essentially work their way up the seed, um, the seed rounds to get their slot. Uh, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what all ends up making a better product. Um, all in all, player response and feedback on the, the prize pool dropping, as expected, was going to be pretty negative. Um, now, however, the big regions haven't really been affected. EU and A still have um, ridiculously great forward-facing prize pools and in prize structures it's it's really the other regions i think that have seen a harder hit um in in particular even from the the qualifying spots to finals middle eastern has now been reduced to how many players from me are even going to go to global so there are some changes well i think the biggest change uh and the probably the most significant chunk loss is it looks like global's prize pool is cut in half and so that's going to be probably the most significant difference in the total overall prize pool uh, coming from that 10 million or 10 million to 7.5 or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's going to be a massive loss. Remember it was, it was, what was it? 3 million or 4 million? It was four. It was 4 million. Yeah. Last year. So it's going to be closer to 2 million this time around. Um, Kench did some quick number crunching there and, and put that out that. So shout out him for being able to turn that around real quick. And, when it comes to the prize pool, I'm not – for the health of the game, I don't like that it's going down. I thought we finally had hit that that spot where it's like, hey, $10 million a year, that's what we get. We know we've gotten it. We've gotten it for several years now. Like, this is it. So to see it go down further is slightly concerning about the health of the eSport. Um, but on the, on the topic of siphon, right, and I know this is going to be a touchy topic for people – if you didn't assume that Siphon wasn't coming back based on the actions of Epic up until this point, then that is a mistake you made in preparation, not anybody else. Because if Siphon was going to be involved in the game more, it would have already been involved in the game. They would have been in other competitive modes. It would have There would have been some way, shape, or form to practice it uh, before a week before FNCS starts, right? So I think this was always the game plan. I think they finished out the rest of last year because half of the year had Siphon, so they can't just cut Siphon out of the second half of the year. Um, and so Siphon, it's an unfortunate loss. I love Siphon. It makes the game, in my opinion, funner and, and breeds these clutch moments. But at the same time, this is it looks like this is the new future for the way that the game is going to be played and we just have to adapt um i'm okay with it as long as we have better server performances i think we're still going to see exceptional high level gameplay um so I i'm gonna i'm gonna side with yeah sure having no siphon definitely sucks because the best are gonna inevitably be punished more uh in their in their clutch moments and, and not maybe the you know i would say maybe perform as great as they can but if it if in return if the trade-off is the servers are better and i'll be i guess happier if, if i had to choose between the two if i had to pick my poison basically is what i'm saying i, I don't better. think it's getting any better based on i was about to say no it, i'm trying to be optimistic i'm trying to give people something to look forward to if, <laughs> if that if that's servers. how it works then so be it i think there's value there. that's what i'm saying i just now if it doesn't <sighs> and the servers are still 
butt cheeks and people were sliding around. <laughs> now I'm going to be pretty upset because now not only do we not have Siphon, nothing has changed on the server side. Now it would be terrible. Um, I want to scope into the timeline of the FNCS, like you mentioned. Six months, essentially, is what seems to be the new crunched FNCS. I'm okay with that. Really five. I feel like, and, and this is my this is my hunch, we're going to get the return of like a solo showdown, solo all-stars. I think Blast is, again, now that they're kind of in charge of some of the competitive timeline, probably thinking back like, oh, what was that? What was that thing that, you know, people like look to and what, what drove them mid-year excitement? It was when they announced the big solo showdowns and there was like, you know, a, a new attached prizing, kind of its own one-off big thing that was happening. I can see that making a return in, the, in an online ecosystem, in a virtual online tournament environment. If, if that is the case, I'll, I'll be pretty happy because right now I'm not excited about last chance qualifier not happening. It's one of the most fun times of the season. We kind of build up to this, you know, kind of hoorah before the big hoorah. And uh, yeah, I kind of feel like we lost a celebratory moment in the lead up to, to the land. So... I'm not gonna touch last chance. That did. I'm glad that's gone. But do you guys think Epic gave Blast 10 million, and now we're at the 8 million or like 7.76, and that leftover is exactly what you just talked about? They plan on doing something in between because that would be really cool. Uh, I don't get why you wouldn't announce that right away to like build the hype because otherwise it's kind of like a kick in the shins to most of the players to lose 25% or so of the prizing. But I, yeah, I don't I, know. I, 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 like I think it's idea. one of those, you know, uh, when, when, you know, the execs are looking at everyone upset, they're like, Oh, you know, they can't even wait for us to announce what comes next. Like, you know, I, I genuinely think we're going to have a big isolated event, like, like a one-off pop off. And, and I, I genuinely think it's, what was it called? Was it called the, the all-stars? All yeah, star solo, all -star solo showdown. Yeah, the the all star. I think we're gonna have another all star solo invitational. Essentially, like literally, I think we're gonna have that again. And I would love that. I would actually, I I would love it. I like the invitational events. I'm sorry. Like I I know some people hate the fact that you know there's kind of this gate kept thing, but I think it's wonderful when you just like say, hey clicks, don't worry, bro. You know another week you didn't make it, you're coming to the invitation. And well, like, think about it's a watch and play. You know, like you did this right. You were there during this era, the secret skirmish. Okay, but that was like. That's like inc incredible. That, those were amazing, but that was also a, a secret land. You know what I'm saying? But they're not. They're not doing that I again. I don't see a world right where we do not get a two land year. Well, there's gamers eight. A two land official official two land year. Oh, you're smoking something because that's not happening. It's expensive. I, mean, guys, I, I think it's too expensive. Yeah. You say that now. How much? How much we betting right here live live on the podcast? I don't, I don't bet. You know this. I know you don't. I, I got don't fifty bet. bomb. <laughs> I got fifty bomb that we have a mid-year land. Mid-year land? Where? Where? I don't know. Like where? I also, I also have bets that global is going to be in the U.S. this year, and we're going to see them swap U.S. to Europe every year. Raleigh, North Carolina. Hopefully, that Raleigh, so North Carolina was sick. Yeah, let's do it again. Honestly, yeah, just keep bringing it back to Raleigh. <laughs> hey, hey, I'm down for I'm down for uh, land in America. Down for that. We'll see. Um, to take uh to take Panda up on the bet. Do I think that we're gonna see two lands this year, official epic lands? I do not. I do not. I think we are gonna have less 
events in general this entire year. I think we're going to have an actual Epic Games drought this year. With Twitch rivals uh, being effectively terminated, their Twitch fired most of their high-level you know, uh, you know, strategy and creative team amongst the the Twitch rivals kind of section of their platform. That's that's likely a whole entire client uh, gone from the from the Epic ecosystem. With DreamHacks track kind of being all over the place, we know Gamers Eight is going to do something. I would not be surprised if Fortnite gets dropped as a title because Epic doesn't give away the licensing in the way that they want to, or because it's like experimental thing that they're going to do with blast where blast can like now license this out causes some kind of conflict of interest across the entire space which starts mm, locking up brands right and in the way brands interact with the brand i can genuinely see uh gamers 8 dropping epic as a title and them just still making headlines like it's they're gonna put tens of millions of dollars into whatever ends up happening from that so uh, i feel like this is gonna be a pretty tough year for fortnite competitive on a third-party track like that's just me I think creative's gonna do great. I think there's gonna be revenue. There's gonna be, you know, stupid side quests, right? NPC, you know, quests happening everywhere. But the the main story, I think the main storyline is gonna slow down just a little bit. I would I would tend to agree with you. I think this is all a reaction towards what caused Epic to lay a bunch of people off towards the end of last year. That's probably when the budget was set for something like this, and mm -hmm. it, it may have been slightly changed, but then we all had a pop-off and we're still kind of seeing Fortnite pop off and people are probably wondering like why did this happen well companies as big as epic run six months behind well not behind but like they're Ahead. planning six months in advance so that's why we're seeing what this is i do have a little bit of a rant i don't like this whole format if you guys would like like me to, to go for a little bit go for one it finals of each major like the weekly qualifiers don't have set lobbies which is ridiculous why are we not playing set lobbies before we get to grand finals like that should not be the way it goes it's top 250 for the final round and that's essentially like a queue based win you kind of, of whoever you're, you're making me a little nervous for like the live fncs competitive product i didn't even realize that but that means yeah what are you guys watching it's gonna feel like a dream hack randomized oh, no i didn't realize podcast that's that's bum, literally bum, what bum. That, that's gonna be terrible all right so that's number one thank cool. you thank you we for ruining fncs for me <laughs> <laughs> I don't I don't get why we would do that, especially right, right. knowing that there's broadcasts to it. Like that just makes it what are we gonna do? Red zone style of yeah. like, let's jump in and watch this game and then jump in. No, that's dumb. Let's play finals. Everyone knows that's how Fortnite's played. Secondly, why do we go two weeks of qualifiers? Like, why do we get rid of a week of qualifier? I, I don't understand that. And why did we make the most complicated semifinals of all time? Like it's upper lower bracket multiple rounds of upper lower bracket people qualify in different ways it's like reboot round combined with like top placements combined with upper lower bracket from globals it makes sense to someone that understands it and is an adult but good luck trying to explain this to any viewer who's trying to figure out what needs to happen i'm just so i'm just waiting two. for the zeke graphic where he's like okay so this is you and all you gotta do is win here and if you don't you go here it's <laughs> like that's it <laughs> So it's already complicated. I, I would be yeah. totally cool with multiple weeks of qualifiers and then just go straight to finals. I feel like semifinals is this thing that we've been trying to force to be really good, and it's not. No matter what we've done to semifinals, it always is the worst week of FNCS. And 
I think it's gotten better. Last year was pretty good. I don't understand why we're ch- actually, I understand why we're changing it. Cause it's not good. And each week of qualifiers gets worse. So just remove the qualifiers. Let's get straight to finals. That's how I feel. I'm this trying to think thing. maybe the philosophy is like, yeah, sure. Let's like scramble eggs for the first two weeks. Like whatever. We're just going to call it that. Then we get to like preparing the plate. The semifinals comes around. Now you got to you start to see some set lobby action. Maybe that'll start driving the interest, dialing people in. But I, I'm with you. I kind of feel like there's going to be a lot of lost interest in not only the chaos that is literally the qualifiers, because what you just mentioned is a story that you cannot follow. This is like reading nope. a paragraph of a of a of a story here, then you jump to another article, then you try to go back and piece piece it all together. It's not going to be cohesive at all. That's what happens when you put together um events like that for two qualifiers. You lose your momentum with a bye week. I don't know, Valentine's week is that week, but so is World of Warcraft February 8th dropping SOD season phase two. <laughs> I will be there for 48 hours. I've already warned a wife and her birthday falls in that weekend. I'm sorry, love. Uh-oh. But uh, she knows what, I've, what I'm getting into that weekend. So I'm happy there's a bye week there. Me, selfishly. But for the, for the competitive product, we lose a little momentum. And then the most complicated semis ever into finals. I'm with you. I think, I think this season... If viewership was expected to like pop off and blow off, streamers are going to have great audience, sure. But the, I, I really feel like we're hitting our second wind and it's going to get burnt right here. Like We're going to burn the sails mm-hmm. of the second wind uh, with this not-so-great not format. Like You're right. I'm, I'm cool with the bye week, but put it after semifinals. So that way, people on the broadcast can come prepared. They can watch literally every team. But doing it before semifinals like is not really much of a help as far as like broadcast preparation, and it's not much of a help for players that are trying to prepare against the players that they're playing against really that much. Because I think it's 250 total qualified semifinals. I, I think viewership numbers show that, and we've seen that in the past where Blast was running the product. We took a bye week before finals, and dude, finals numbers were not good. Like they needed another week of viewership to get the next weekend to pop off. So I understand why they would put the bye week here. I think they learned a lesson in the past. The format itself, though, the the math and the science behind that, that's a big bubble that I think is going to pop. The moment week one goes live and I could just see Aussie Antics chat. I could see Life with Pandas chat. Yo, what are we watching? Like, where's clicks, right? Like, I can see it now. Where's clicks, bro? Like, it's going to be tough. Where's Mongrel? Maybe that's anyone. Where's Mongrel? If Mongrel's deciding to compete this weekend. And my my last part of this rant is I hate, I absolutely hate that we're making final or majors one and two less than major three when it comes down to qualifying for globals i understand right it makes major three way more important players don't stick together but we shouldn't be like creating a less competitive ecosystem because players can't stick together throughout the year like figure it out granted it kind of sucks this year you got a one week notice of like hey fncs is next week figure out your duo but Generally, it should be, if we're going to give its 17 spots to EU, it should be 15, 15, and 7. It should be the same 
pretty much across each major because otherwise we're saying major one and two who cares like barely anyone qualifies like it's pretty much the team that just wins other than that like you don't really qualify and it's saying that winning those majors isn't as hard as winning the other ones because now this is the most important major that bugs me i get it right it helps viewership we can't kind of all spread it out evenly we want build up and we also want players because we know they'll split up to be able to qualify in that final week but it's stupid it, it breaks it apart and i'm not a fan i'm gonna be honest I'm just still reeling from the fact that we're not going to have set lobbies on broadcast. Boom. <laughs> How's that like, for you? That was the bullshit. Uh, th this whole thing, and, and I'm going to be honest, today has been one of the busiest days I've had in a while, right? And so, of course, the announcement comes out today, uh, and I haven't been able to like fully invest the time that I want to read over it and look at content, look at what people are saying about it. I seen some stuff, read some stuff. Obviously, I called SBG or SBG called me actually. Um, yeah. Shortly after it came out, we chatted about it for a moment. I was hoping but you read that because I was driving. I'm like, panic. Give me what's going on because I I literally read it. at that point I hadn't been able to read much of it because I was getting ready to go somewhere. So it was like, <sighs> it's just um, I don't know. I don't know how to feel like. I'm going to be honest, like this is the most disconnected I've ever felt to FNCS in my time being a part of this space. And it sucks to say it that way, especially because uh, I'm getting ready to plan some cool stuff for the FNCS season. So you guys will see that soon. But it's like, I just feel super disconnected from what the product used to be. It used to be like, hey, kids, show up, compete. Uh finals day is finals day we'll see who makes it through finals day if you don't make it this day you have another chance next week right it was so easily digestible right and and i think the more complex that we make this the harder it is to to get a viewer to sit in front of it and pay attention and be invested in it and i think that's one of the biggest problems in the fortnite space as is is like a casual person can't just turn on the fortnite broadcast and be like i know what is happening right now because you just don't and even like us as talent, we try our best to do everything we can to to break down the way that it's going to look or the way, what is happening and, and try to give as much context to things. But unless you're as invested as we are or the players are, it's so difficult to understand. And so I, in my head, I would think the, the best course of action is to find easier ways to make the format work. And I feel like what they've done is instead they've gone the opposite route and made it more similar to other esports, where they have these more bracket stylish like like buildups and stuff. And and while yes, that's cool, Fortnite is not a, a an esport audience, right? Like there there are hundred million players. They said that that hopped on what was it in November? Yeah, November. I guarantee you, most of those players probably haven't watched a single esport in their life so if you're going to get them for the first time like you you got to make something that is super easy for them to understand start to finish great product and i feel like we went away from what that was to creating what is more traditional esport and i think fortnite should never be that or if, it, if, if from a viewer perspective it'll never be successful as that 
because the the audience that wants to digest Fortnite is not the audience that it under, will understand what a traditional format of esports is. Yeah, so what Panda what, what Panda's trying to say is even the observers queued in as players. It's too complicated. The interface okay. doesn't work. <laughs> like the crea- when you load into the menu, you don't know what's going on. Where are the nah, events? They- what that is, was fully on them. Like it, the don't, game, don't give those observers an out. NDF. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It's literally a big button that if you've ever observed <laughs> in your life, you know to press it. It, it does say uh, "Join as spectator," and then you click or "Join as player." Mm-hmm. It is only two options, guys. Oh my gosh! All right, well, Fortnite uh, fam, we hope you guys enjoyed all this coverage. We had so much to talk about today. And you know what? FNCS is right around the corner. We'll see what all uh, ends up happening this uh, this season. There's still a lot to look forward to, even looking past the bracket, looking past all that. Hopefully, hopefully by the RNG Lords, we get into lobbies with King for qualifiers one um, or weeks one and two of, of our qualifying weeks as we uh, try to follow the story and, and you know catch, catch a little bit of their performances in the buildup because there is going to be a lot of talk about that um with all that being said though uh fellas i'm gonna let you guys let the people at home know what you guys are gonna be up to panda you've you've talked offline off air you're gonna be you know preparing stuff on the backside. you're just gonna have fun this season doing your own thing let's talk talk to everyone here uh, about that a little bit yeah so i i just so you know i'm not on the official broadcast this season so i decided to take matters in my own hands hired a a broad uh literally a broadcast professional who's going to be living at my house and we're going to produce high-level FNCS uh, content and live stream broadcast with an official studio broadcast. So it's not just another virtual stream with, with people showing up. We have people traveling from all around, uh, like different places in the U.S., coming to North Carolina to be a part of the show throughout the weeks of FNCS. So you don't want to miss it. That's going to be uh, stay tuned on twitter.com slash lifewpanda. That's where I'm going to give you all the updates. And it's it's going to be live on twitch.tv for slash lifewithpanda. So yeah. uh, stay tuned for that. Really cool stuff. I can't wait to show you what I've been working on. Um, it's going to be exciting once we get to it. But that's all starting next week. Yep. I will I will be retweeting. Uh, SBG, what are you going to be up to, bro? Uh, well, you may or may not see me working with Panda a day or two. But... Uh, for me, mostly it's working on short form content, the TikToks, the YouTube shorts to provide the viewership some learning opportunities to learn from the best. It's a little crappy that we have to do it without set lobbies, but you know what? You get the opportunity to learn more, maybe, probably not. Anyway, you can find me at Somebody's <laughs> Gone on all platforms. Uh, not super happy about this announcement. There's a lot of things that I don't understand. So. It'll be awesome. I like Fortnite. Obviously, Fortnite will be great. The players are really good, so they're fun to watch. But at the end of the day, like this is not it, boys. Yeah. Well, lots to look forward to. Guys, don't forget, you can send, uh, send all your complaints to me at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm your guy at MonsterDface across all social handles. Uh, for anyone that is ready to jump into Season 2 of Cafe Colazo, our new seasonal blends will be dropping, hopefully, by the time you... Uh, uh, finish this weekend. We're aiming for uh, Friday, which is likely tomorrow. So we'll see um, if everything can uh, stay on schedule. But otherwise, guys, don't forget to dance out those kills and boast in those victory Peace, y'all.